we're in a series called The Great Reset. Uh, we've been experiencing and uh, looking into different things that are trying to reset our world. Uh, I kicked off in the first week talking very much about how God has set the world. And of course, evil came in, sin entered the world and caused all the havoc that we're seeing right now. And through the weeks, I think we're in week five perhaps now, uh, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we spoke about some of the common things that have been taking place. Ashley did a great job uh, with talking about the uh, gender dysphoria kind of stuff, the LG, I, I just say the alphabet people because it's so long, um, and Sharon with the morality and things like that. And uh, there's just so much you can unpack what's going on in our world right now. Uh, you know, you, but you, what you can actually see and wit are witnessing is a big battle between good and evil. Good and evil is at play right now. There are two groups trying to reset us on a right, well, a, God is trying to set us on a right course and the devil is trying to destroy us. Uh, John 10.10 10 says, A thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. You can see there's two opposing forces here. One that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and one that's coming to give you life. And today we've seen people receiving life in the baptism tank. For 1 John 3, sorry, verse 3, verse 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was revealed, that he might undo the works of the devil. Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. But how do you undo those things if you don't know what's happening? And as Christians, we need to stand up for the truth. We need to stand up right now and say we will not take any lies of the devil. We will not take the deceit. We will expose the works of the devil, as Paul tells us to do. There's many aspects to all this, but I'm going to go down one line today. You know, one of the great things, I think, with God is He doesn't leave us on our own. He doesn't leave us to face what's going on without us having an idea what's going on. You know, the worst thing is when you see things going on, you go, what's going on? What's going on? You know, uh, I remember uh, uh, some circumstances in life, one time in work where uh, I was working away as the foreman in a workshop and a guy came running in, well, he shouted out to me and he's going, help, help. And I go, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I thought, I just ignored think it was going to be anything to worry about. Thought, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. I'm not, I'm not running to that, you know. I had no awareness of what was going on, but I wasn't kind of worried and, until his voice got higher. Help! <laughs> I ran into the next workshop to find the floor on fire, on flames. This uh, particular guy was working on a car and he had an oxy out to undo uh, some rusted nuts and bolts on the e exhaust and he hit the fuel pipe, which was a nylon plastic, Burn through and boosh, flames everywhere. But unless, you know, I actually inquired and went out there to have a look, it would have been a disaster. And quite often there's disasters in front of us, but we don't bother to inquire. We don't bother to have a look to see what's going on. You know, within our life right now, we want that assurance that everything's going to be good. Because like, the, you know, everybody loves to know how a movie ends or what's going on. My wife's terrible at in the movies. You know, in the movies... You sit there and you're watching it. And my brain, I'm analytic, so I'm going, yeah, okay, that's obviously going to take place. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm ahead of the script sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife goes, oh, what's going to happen now? What's going to I said, I'm not the producer, okay? Just wait. <laughs> and uh, she wants to know what the end will show. And, but the good thing is, with the Bible, God's Word tells us how it all plays out. 
He shows us from the beginning. He shows us in the middle. He shows us right through to the very end. And I know a lot of people have always asked this question, you know, it's a very common question, like, uh, when will Jesus return? Wouldn't we all like to know that? Well, I'm going to tell you right now when Jesus is going to return. He will either return by the end of this week or sometime in the future. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love saying that because you see the tension. Like, How can he say that? Says, Nobody knows the time nor an hour. Heresy, you know. <laughs> But the Bible speaks a lot about future events, and uh, there's so much we could unpack. You know, it would take weeks to unpack it all. Uh, I'm going to head into the book probably next week of Revelation, but there's a more important book that kicks that off that works in correlation with Revelation is the book of Daniel. I love the book of Daniel. Uh, anyone like the book of Daniel? Yeah, some great stuff in there. Uh, Daniel was written, they reckon, somewhere, most scholars would agree, about 165 B.C., or as they say these days, BCE, common era. Um, the overall theme of the book of Daniel is God's sovereignty over history. That's what I like about it. It just shows you God is reign all-powerful. But interestingly enough, as we go through it, as I always like to do, sometimes I like to get to the end of a book. When I was at school, we'd have assignments to read a novel, and then we'd have to do an assignment on it, right? You know, write up an assignment. What was that novel about? That uh, book, and I, I just was not the best at school in the sense of hold my attention. I know some of you find that's hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> so I would never read the whole book. I would just read the beginning, what the author had to say about it, read a little bit about the front, and I'd go to the back to see how it ends, and a little bit in the middle, then I'd ask questions to everyone. What, what did you find in this book? And I'd put it all together, and I'd write something, and I'd still pass. And I never read the book. So, <laughs> so I have a tendency to do that sometimes, even with God's Word. I, I want to read it all, but I'm, I, race, I want to know how this ends. I've got to know how this finishes. And in the book of Daniel, it's very interesting because it finishes with this sort of thought. It says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, God says to Daniel, But you, Daniel, close up the seal, uh, the words and the scroll until the time of the end, he says, for many will go here and there and knowledge will increase. So Daniel's told all this stuff for the book and he's not quite understanding it all. And then he gets this from God, you know, seal it up because it's not for this time. In fact, it says in Daniel 12, he says this, he says, I heard, this is Daniel, but I did not understand. You know, can you imagine being downloaded all this stuff and you go, what on earth does this mean? He says, I, I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed into the end time. So there are things in the book of Daniel. Now, this is the thing you've got to understand with prophetic words and, and the Scripture itself. Sometimes the Scripture applies for now and for later. There's the here, and it can repeat again in history. And we've got to work out what that is. Years ago, I was working with uh, a guy that was deaf and uh, he used to get excited and because he couldn't, obviously being deaf, he couldn't hear. <laughs> That's a bit silly thing to say. But he actually used to get his mum to ring me because he couldn't hear, obviously. And she would say what he wanted to say. And she was an Italian lady, sort of broken language. It was quite interesting trying to understand her for a start. And um, she rings up, oh, hello, Ian. It's, oh, I can't do an Italian accent. <laughs> How are you? Uh, John wanted me to ring you because uh, he is very excited. 
And I said, what's he excited about? Oh, he sees an army about to invade Israel. And uh, I go, whoa, whoa, hang on, where's he getting this from? And what he would do was quite often he'd read the Scripture, and sometimes you've got to understand, you've got to know the context of it because sometimes these things already happened that's recorded. Some things are about to happen, and some will happen in the future. He was reading like everything has yet to happen. And so he was getting all excited, and I had to sort of break the news. Uh, sorry, that happened like, uh, you know, a thousand years ago or so. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but that's where we've got to be careful when we read the Scriptures, because sometimes it, it will repeat itself too. That's the other thing. So the book of Daniel brings to us some new thoughts, some new uh, uh, end-time stuff, but also some things that have already happened in our time as well, but it's going to repeat. So he is told the instruction uh, for these words are closed up and sealed to the end time. But one of, the, uh, one of the scriptures just in that last passage says, many will go here and there and the there'll be an increase in knowledge. One of the key things, increase in knowledge, when you think about, is that the kind of time we're living in right now? Well, we've seen uh, an explosion in increase of knowledge, haven't we? Through the use of the internet and everything else, other devices that we have. In fact, I was just looking at some statistics. Uh, apparently, 90% of all scientists who have ever lived are alive right now. Today, our best estimates suggest that at least 2.5 quintillion, that's a lot, bytes of data is produced every day. Six billion texts are texts. And that's not just from my daughters. Uh, that's, <laughs> Actually, where's Mark? Where's Mark? Mark, are you back there somewhere? Oh, I can't see you. Oh, there you are. Mark's from the Philippines, and apparently they are the biggest texters in the world. Did you know that? <laughs> I'd believe it because I've got a friend in the Philippines who keeps texting me every five minutes. It's really good. But uh, So there you go. So six billion texts, most of them from the Philippines. <laughs> but we've seen how far technology has come. It's just amazing things. And like my mum reflected, my mum's now 96 just about. She looks back and goes, oh my goodness, I just remember the Hawking buggy and, and suddenly we see the development of a car and computers just unheard of. I remember being at school, oh, I'm going to show my age now, at school getting a calculator and thinking, wow, this thing's amazing. <laughs> I don't have to use my brain, I can just, yeah. And, 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 and they used to kind of like, how does it do it? You know, I mean, even today, I go, how does the calculator work? I don't understand that. You know, perhaps some of you computer IT guys will understand it, but I don't get it. I go, oh, how, you know, you do this and it's got the answer. This is amazing, you know. And then we moved into uh, games, electronic games. When I was a teenager, we thought, this is cool. Going to Target, getting the latest in video games. And all it was <laughs> was like two paddles like that and a line through the middle and a ball goes, and you go, boop. <laughs> and we thought that was incredible, you know. <laughs> it's like, wow. And then you can have one that's hockey that introduce another paddle. You go, wow, this is incredible. Now, you look what you got now. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> but we've seen an incredible growth in technology. And there's so many things just, you know, it's like when we get the latest iPhone, everyone, yeah, I, I, I find it funny how people will camp out to get the latest latest iPhone. You, just wait, you'll get it in the week after. Why do you have to camp out all night just so you're the first person to get one? And the fact is, by the time it's in your hand, you know the iPhone 15 or whatever it is, is already on the make. So it's, it's, yeah, you're just chasing it all the time. Just don't worry about it. Just get over it. <laughs> I stick with my iPhone, whatever it is. 
It's just an iPhone. I don't know. It works. It does what it's supposed to do, and uh, that's all I need it for. And I don't need the latest of anything. Uh, and we often do that. We get driven by wrong motives and all that stuff. But anyway, we're going to look at uh, Daniel chapter 2 this morning. Uh, we read about King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Um, he had this dream, and it terrified him. Have you ever had a dream? I mean, who, who dreams? I, I, I sometimes do, and sometimes I don't. And I found out this is really weird. I went to my naturopath one time, and she asked me the question, do you dream? I said, I don't know. I can't remember. And uh, she goes, well, if you're not remembering it, you're lacking, I think it's vitamin B6. I went, how does that make a difference? Well, I took it, and it made a difference. <laughs> and I started having these dreams, and it's really good. But you know the dreams where it's a real good dream, and something's about to happen, then you get woken up? Yeah. And you go, oh. And then you, you, the next day you go, oh, well, that dream again. You go, oh, I can't remember what it was about now. You know, it's like, oh, you struggle. Well, here's the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, had this awful dream, and he remembers how awful it was, but he cannot recall it all. So he asked, it says in uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 2, it says, the king commanded to call to the horoscopists, whatever that is, and, and to the conjurers and the sorcerers and to the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. And it said, so they came and stood before the king. So he was so disturbed about this dream. He got all these sorcerers and whatever that possibly could help him. Excuse me. <coughs> Can I just have some water? There's something stuck in my throat. <laughs> <clears throat> Don't know where that came from. <clears throat> That's better. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, must have been something I had for breakfast. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so there is the um, king commanding all these people to come forward and say, tell me the dream. And their reply was, oh, king, you tell me your dream and we will explain it to you. And he says, I don't recall it. You have to actually come up with it. And of course... That's even harder, isn't it? Because if someone tells you something, you can sort of go, hmm, yeah, I reckon it's this, that, whatever. But they couldn't say a word. So he wanted them all killed. And uh, <clears throat> for not coming up with the answer, that's a pretty tough call, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but there was one, Daniel, who came forward and said, basically said, I will take care of this. I have a God that knows all things. And this is what we need to know this morning is there is a God that knows all things. And that's why we need to trust his word because he knows all things. Anyway, so Daniel came forward to the king and we see in Daniel chapter 2 verse 31. <clears throat> I'll just read that. It says, you looked, O king. This is Daniel talking to the king. You looked, O king. And there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of a statue was made of pure gold. Its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partially of iron and partially of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue of the feet. Sorry, <clears throat> it stuck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff of a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. So this is what he told the king. So this is what I see. 
But of course, that didn't mean much to the king. So Daniel needed interpreters. So he did, as we read on further. So Daniel chapter uh, 2, verse 39 says, After you, O king, another kingdom will rise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so will it crush and break all others. Just as you saw the feet and the toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom, yet will have some of strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. And then uh, verse 44, In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out the mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and the interpretation is trustworthy. Amen. Let me just pray this morning. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. Father, I pray that we will understand your words today. God, will take them to heart and God, we will learn by them. God, we thank you for everything you revealed to us because you love us and you care for us that you, and you have a future for us. So Father, I pray today as we look at this verse and, and the thoughts around this, that God would be your words speaking through me and not my own. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to put a picture up uh, if you've got that back there, guys. <clears throat> there we go. This is basically what the king saw. Uh, and each part of that body represented a kingdom. So the first one was Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, the head of gold. And we have the breast and arms of silver, which is the Medo-Persian empires. The belly and thighs of brass, which is the Macedonian or the Greek uh, uh, empire. And then further down, we've got the legs of iron. Now, this is a bit of a controversy because there are people that have different opinion on the legs of iron. Some thought it was the earlier Greeks, because uh, there was two factions of that, but there was also two factions of the Roman Empire, and I believe that's more suited, so I've used this one, the legs of iron. But don't worry if you've got a different opinion, that's fine, um, because at the end, it's all the same result. And of course, there's the feet, the toes of clay, uh, the kingdoms, I can't read that, you my glasses on, <laughs> the kingdoms that are to come, and we, most people believe that's uh, a mixture of perhaps Europe and other countries involved there. So, very interesting when you get right to the bottom, because, um, of course, the prophecy is that a big rock that was cut out without human hands will, will smash that statue to pieces, and that rock is God's kingdom. Jesus himself is going to bring all this to pieces. And, of course, he always hits the foundation of the feet that this, everything else just breaks up. What I find in that, in the ten toes, is very much linked to revelations with the ten kings in Revelations, 10 kings that will come forward at some stage that will run or want to run at least the world in some sort. Where are we right now is a very interesting time, and um, it may be a precursor, a pre-run for it, or it may be part of, I don't know at this stage. 
But one thing I've been talking about the last few weeks was uh, the World Economic Forum. For those who don't know, the World Economic Forum is, is run by a guy called uh, Klaus Schwab, set up a long time ago about reshaping, as he calls reshaping or reimagining the, the world under his thoughts, not God's thoughts. We've seen it uh, come through the likes of different politicians using words like the Great Reset, uh, Build Back Better, who's heard that been used many times, Build Back Better, you've had Biden going, we've got to build back better, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And uh, Justin Trudeau, all the big players have said that same phrase. So you know they're all working on the same program, on the same deal. And of course, someone noted that Build Back Better, the, the B, if you use an electronic B uh, on a calendar, sorry, on a calculator, it's the same as a six. And they said, that's very interesting, isn't it? Three sixes there, Build Back Better. Um, and of course, it's ultimately leading to what they call an, uh, the New World Order. So basically, what we're seeing is a group of guys through the United Nations and other groups coming together to form a global order. When they talk about build back better, they, want to, they have to destroy the old order to bring the new order. You can't have a new order without getting rid of the old order. The old order has been running for thousands of years, but it's going to be, well, you've already seen the destruction of it, what's happening, but God's only going to let it go so far. You're going to see an amazing thing take place very soon. I've been listening, uh, and Sharon, we've been listening to some of the prophetic words about the time we're in right now because, uh, you know, I've got different sources coming in, reading up stuff, I read a lot of stuff, and um, the thing is that God is, God sees everything. God knows what's going on, and God's about to do work. He cannot put up with this evil that's going on in the world. One prophetic voice said that you're going to see a reversal of things taking place, a reversal, and I go, well, this is going to be very interesting. you your eyes are going to be open to things that you never thought you were going to see. And we also have been hearing very strong words of God's revival taking place. A revival. God's going to use this time for people to turn back to him because it will get really tough. We're already seeing that in the Netherlands. I don't know if anyone's followed the news. The Netherlands, the farmers are in protest because they've been told they're not allowed to produce as much crops. They're not allowed to use certain fertilizer stuff and... Uh, and it's going to create a food shortage, which it already is in some countries. And it's starting there. In America, Bill Gates has been buying up all the land, basically, and, and uh, not wanting farmers to grow there. Farmers, I've seen online farmers producing documents from government departments saying they want them to close down their farm and any losses they will pay out double for. So it entices them to actually close their things. So you can see there's a manufacturer of a food shortage going on around the world right now. And I've been saying this for the last two years uh, that just as a safety, I don't know how far this will hit Australia, but it certainly is sort of heading that way from some of the things I've been hearing, to put some food aside. It's not going to be for a long time from what I'm hearing, uh, but it may go through a food shortage from the shops for a while, for a, weeks, a few weeks or something. It could happen here. So I said just on the safe side, you know, and if you don't, well, you have a party and eat the rest of it. Uh, <clears throat> so we know this is a real thing, this World Economic Forum. And if you ever do some research, look up United Nations, the UN Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. They're all about reshaping our world. 
And this is exactly the plans and the thought that the World Economic Forum is running along with, plus all the global leaders of the world, the G20 and so forth. So I just want you to see, so you can see firsthand, now this, when this video came out from the World Economic Forum, just showing you their predictions for the world for 2030, it soon got picked up by a lot of guys saying, this is crazy, whatever, and they pulled it offline, but I've got it here. So let's have a look and just see what their proposal is. Guys, well, who wants to own nothing and be happy? <laughs> Will you be happy if you own nothing? Because that's what they're planning for. You own nothing. You have to rent everything. This is, the, this is true. You can look it up yourself. This is, these guys are... You know why they say you'll own nothing? Because they own everything. And that's their plan. We've seen this even through the use of this time of the global uh, pandemic time. Big corporations have flourished while the small guys have gone broke. This is what they do. It's a shift of power, shift of wealth going on right now in our world. They want you to own nothing. And if you notice in the two further on, it says America will not be the superpower. This is their aim to knock out America. That's why America is going through so much trouble right now. It's part of their plan to destroy it. They're not going to get there, I'll tell you. Uh, but their plan was to destroy it. And of course, it said there'd be a handful of um, countries that will run everything, basically. And I thought that's interesting in regards to the statue, the last part of last empire, the feet with 10 toes representing 10 kings. And I thought, yeah, well, this, is, this looks very similar to what they're saying there. And of course, they put, there's many other little things there you could spend uh, an hour just talking about those things. But basically, it was said that if you control the energy source of the world you can, or a nation, you control the nation. If you control the food source, you can control the individual. These guys have been planning for a long, long time their evil scheme upon this world. And they know if they can control the electricity, if they control the water, they will control you or the nation. And if they can control the food source, they will control the individual. This is where it is heading. Um, and uh, we're seeing that at hand right now, particularly China. China's the worst place at the moment for that kind of control. Uh, I've mentioned this before. They use just their smartphones all the time to buy everything, buy and sell. They're monitored by cameras everywhere. Uh, they can't do anything wrong. Otherwise, they'll score points against them, and it will come up with a red light, and that means they can't travel, can't do certain things. This is the plan the World Economic Forum and others have for us. And this, the crazy thing is... Um, uh, most of the world leaders are involved with this plan. You know, Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau from Canada, Boris Johnson, who's just been replaced. Is, I can't remember his new replacement. Uh, Jacinta Ardern from New Zealand, Bill Gates. Even, this one may be a surprise to you, King Charles III. In fact, King Charles III set this thing off. He's been working with Klaus Schwab for uh, 50 years. He first announced the World Economic Forum. So you've got all the big players in on this big thing. And uh, it doesn't affect them. It's a bonus for them because they're just going to get richer and have more power, but we're going to be affected by it. And, of course, the other control mechanism is your money. Uh, I've been following and hearing some different things about what's going on behind the scenes. Um, a lot of things have been going on behind the scenes with money. We've already heard certain countries are backing their currencies with gold now, and they're talking harder and bigger about electronic currencies. And it's interesting in that light to know that Joe, sorry, Joe Biden has signed off on an executive order, 14067, which is a, 
to allow programmable currency. In other words, he wants an electronic currency that they can program, can control. So if, for, for instance, it means that if you are suddenly in one of these pandemics that we've had, remember when we were locked down and some people weren't allowed to travel so far? They could actually control you by your card. So if you went past the 5K zone that you're allowed to travel, they could cut your money off. So you can, when you go to the shops, you can't buy anything anyway. It doesn't work. We've already seen that in Canada with Justin Trudeau um, using the banks to limit the freedom fighters there. Suddenly they're going to the banks and they can't get their money out. They have control already. Uh, but this is the kind of sort of thing that they're working towards. So Joe Biden... Uh, Order 14067 come, will be in a place uh, the 13th of December this year. And uh, you can see there's a whole control thing there. Interestingly to note that even the Pope uh, has announced just recently that he wants all the cardinals to bring all the funds of all the Catholic churches into the Vatican. He put this out recently by, I think it was October the 1st. No, was it? By the 30th of September or October the 1st, Yeah which is very interesting. Why does he suddenly want all the funds back in the Vatican? And some believe they suggest because they're about to release a digital currency. And um, we'll see. And there's even some talk about ANZ. And there's a lot of stuff going behind the scenes, I can tell you. But um, this means if they get their electronic currency and there's no more cash, they have control over you because they can see everything you buy. They can shut things down. They can... You won't be able to buy or sell. Now, where have we heard that before? <laughs> Revelations chapter 13, verse 16 says this. And it, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand or in their foreheads, even that not that any might buy or sell except those having the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So to control the world, you, can control, you, can, you need to control them in one great way, and it's quite easy, finances. If you have no means of transfer of funds to anything, you can't buy anything, and you can't sell anything. And they know this, and that's why they've been pushing so hard. And that's why a lot of us freedom fighters have been pushing back using cash as much as you can, because they've been trying to use the thing that, oh, cash is dying out. You know, over the coronavirus thing, they even try to say that, oh, it's dirty to touch because you might get the virus and all that. And it's proven it doesn't live on money like that. It's just, it's just absurd. But they were just trying to put it into your head not to use cash. Don't use cash. Don't use cash. Uh, card only. Card only. That's what they've been pushing because they, they, their directive is to get you to a place where they can say, well, nobody's using cash anyway. Let's just do away with it. It's all electronic now. And uh, we go, oh, well, who cares? But you will care when they start controlling you and shutting off your thing when you don't agree with government sentiments or... or or the narrative of the government. And that's how they control you. If you're a bad citizen, they can shut you down. They're doing that in China right now. You do the wrong thing, you will be shut down, and uh, you won't be able to access funds and different things. And of course, you know, uh, Revelations chapter 13 is one that's been known by a lot of Christians talking about this mark of the beast. Once again, God shows us something of the future. Um, John on the island of Patmos was banished there by the Romans, like a prison island. It's there today if you want to go have a tour of Patmos Island. And it was here he had a vision. And, and part of the vision was he saw the, this time where nobody would be able to buy or sell without a mark in their right hand or their forehead. 
Now, there's lots of technology now that's developing that we're going, is it this, is it that, whatever. Now, it could be several things, who knows, but one that we've certainly seen in the rise is the microchip implant. If you can just put that picture up there. That's the size of an implanted microchip. And you notice how uh, before it started on humans, it actually was in all your animals. They always try things on animals before they try them on humans. And um, in Netherlands, there's, they even have big microchipping parties. They think it's really cool, the latest thing. See, what they've been subtly trying to do is push you into this area. They got onto our phones now. Everyone's using their phone to pay for things. You know, you're getting used to just doing this. The next step is that. Because with that, you can actually do the same as what you can with your phone. You can just buy something. And people are already using it or chipped. But the Bible warns us that this is the mark referred to as the mark of the beast. It's like a mark of ownership, which God says don't have anything to do with because you will face the wrath of God, it says further on in Revelation. And uh, the interesting thing they don't tell you about this chip is that they found um, cancer cells around it. You know, even in pets, there's a few court cases in England about it. Their pets got cancer around where the chip was inserted. Uh, you don't want to have anything to do with that. Um, but unfortunately, people are already accepting because they think it's cool. Everyone loves technology. Like, oh, I don't have to take any with me now. I don't need anything. You know, I'll just walk up to the door, beep, opens up, you know, go to the shop, beep, and uh, it all happens like that. We've got to be aware that things that look really trendy and cool don't always lead to good places, and uh, you've got to be aware of that. So the devil will try to re- deceive us, but the great thing is that God reveals the truth ahead of time. So as Christians, that's why I encourage you to read your word because you'll know what's coming. You go, hang on, you can't fool me, devil, I've read about this. You know, you've, you've already read about it in the Bible, God's warning you. This is the great thing. People get scared about things like end time stuff, revelation, but you shouldn't. You say, thank you, God, that you've already given me understanding of what's come to pass, what's going to happen, so I can get ready, I can be prepared. And that's what it's all about, being prepared. See, the devil is already defeated and his time is short, but he's, you know, he's, it says like he roams around the earth like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's, he's at work right now in our world and causing havoc because he knows his time's short. He knows there's no hope for him, so he's going to bring down as many people as he can. But he can't do it making it obvious. He has to do it in deception. That's why it's all looks all parceled nice, you know, and trendy, this, that, whatever. That's how he works. But we know that uh, we're on the winning side, and that's the great news. Like, of all that's coming forward with all this push for the uh, World Economic Forum's uh, Great Reset, as they call it, it's not a great reset. It's going to be a great failure, a great dud, uh, because God is going to take care of it. I believe God is about to move in this land. But we, as the people of God, need to be aware of the schemes of the devil. Paul says we're not ignorant of his devices, mean that we shouldn't be ignorant of the devil's devices and how he is working. We should be open to see what's going on. And there's a lot going on. There's a lot of elitist bankers, bank people around the world that are planning this scheme, been playing on it for a long, long time. It's involved with lots of different groups, but ultimately it's directed by the devil. And uh, we need to understand that. So the devil has a short time and... That's why you're seeing things speeding up right now. There's a speeding up of things. 
It feels like time is just whizzing by. I don't know about you. People say, oh, it's because you're getting older. I go, nah, it's not that. Because I've talked to some of the young ones. They go, gee, time's flying. I think, I feel young again. And, uh, <laughs> but there is a lot of stuff going on in our world and the devil wants to keep you distracted so you cannot see the truth. He wants to keep you tired so you won't spend time with God. He will keep whatever he can to keep you away from the Word of God because it reveals the truth. It will tell you what's happening. I mean, can you tell me of any other book that really tells you exactly with 100% accuracy what's going to take place in the future? And how do we know this is true? Because we've seen going back further in the early books of the Bible predicting things that took place that we know in history already has happened 100%. Because God sees all time. God's not trapped by in time. God sees everything from the beginning to the end. And uh, we've got to understand that if He sees it all, then we need to trust Him because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow for ourselves. We make speculation, but the thing is, God is on the throne and in the end, God wins. Amen? Daniel finishes uh, a good thought in chapter 6, verse 26, where he says, this in regards to God winning. He says, For He is the living God and endures forever, and His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed, and His rule shall not be to the end. God's kingdom is coming back. You saw the kingdoms in that statue. There is one that surpasses all those. That's why they will all crumble at the name of Jesus, at the God's kingdom coming. It is His eternal kingdom forever. And that's where you and I got to understand we need to be part of that kingdom. And today it's by making a decision for Christ, whether you're a part of the, the everlasting kingdom or trapped up in the kingdoms that are at the very end of time right now with the 10 toes. So I just want you to close your eyes this morning and bow your heads. Because this is the most important thing that you have assurance that you're going to be part of that kingdom everlasting kingdom, eternal life. That kingdom wipes out all other kingdoms that tried to be wannabes. That's never going to happen. Being part of God's kingdom is being part with His Son because His Son died for you. Jesus 2,000 years ago died on the cross to pay the debt your sin, the one thing that kept us separated from God and still keeps us separated from God. But the great news is, is John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is what God offers you today. And if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, if you've never asked Him to forgive you of all your sins, it's a simple prayer that we make and He will invite you to meet with Him. And I want to give you that opportunity right now. Wherever you are in this place, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you'd like to, or perhaps once you went to church as a kid but you kind of understood there's a God but you never really made a decision for Him, or perhaps you've fallen away. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you get it right. And getting it right is saying yes to Jesus. So if that's you in this place this morning, with every head bowed, eye closed, I want you to think about that. Take this moment to ask yourself, am I right with God? If Jesus came back today, would I be ready?
because He is coming back. I can tell you, all the signs are there. The prophecies are being fulfilled like we've never seen before. If Jesus came back, would you be ready? If that's you and you're not ready and you want to be ready and you want to receive Christ this morning, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand wherever you are and I'll see that hand. Amen. I'll see those hands. And, uh, you know, I want to pray for you because I want to make sure you're getting there safe. That you're safe for eternity. Safe with the King of kings and Lord of lords. Put your hand down. It's fine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you are saved, if you know Christ, it says you are a new creation. As a new creation, you are changed and you should want that for others. Right now, there may be friends, family that do not know Jesus. God has given you the call this morning to reach out to those guys that they may also participate in His love and His kingdom. For as many received Him, He gives them the right to become children of God. You have a right to be called a child of the living God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just all stand. I'm just going to close off in a prayer for us all. We're just going to say this prayer together. This is what's called a sinner's prayer. This is how you invite Jesus into your life, if you haven't. And it's good to say it anyway, just to reassure yourself and also understand of what the commitment you've made. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you this day to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin and that you rose again from the dead. I receive you now as Lord and Saviour and I invite you to come into my life. I thank you now. Amen. That is the one simple prayer that changes everything. And of course, the next step from there is the baptism tank over there, which we've seen today. So I'm really proud of you guys for doing that. That's awesome. And that's the start of your journey. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you for all the people standing here today, that God, that they have an encounter with you, that God, their eyes will be open to what is going on in this world. As your word says, the thief, the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy, but you came to give us life in abundance, a hope that surpasses all. And God, let us be alert to the times we're living in because the devil is a deceiver. As your word says, he's the father of all lies. He presents something as good, which isn't good. But God, as we look at, as we spend time with you, we look into your word, it exposes what the truth is. And on that truth, we can stand. On that truth, we can live. And Father, I just pray this morning for everyone here that you'll bless them. That God, you'll go with them, protect them, give them the assurance that they're on the winning side. Until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, 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 oh,